You're listening to the Today's Conveyancer podcast, the leading source of information for residential property lawyers in England and Wales. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todaysconveyancer.co.uk. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Hello, welcome along to the latest Today's Conveyancer podcast. Today I'm talking with Nick Chadbourne. Nick is the CEO at LMS and uh, the conversation today is around the overview that I think LMS offer of the property sector. So it'll be interesting to hear some of your thoughts on what's happening in the market at the moment. Nick, we're recording this in June and uh, there's still some conjecture as to quite what 2023 holds uh, despite us being halfway through it. So uh, it'd be interesting to sort of see what you have to say on that front. And also LMS are kind of a big part of the jigsaw that goes into conveyancing. You described yourself a little tongue-in-cheek as a necessary evil, Nick, as we were talking before the start of the recording. So it'd be interesting to see what your kind of plans are around that space as well. But it's a delight to have you on the podcast. Thanks very much indeed for joining. Thanks for having me, David. A bit of a long-winded intro, so apologies. But my first question is always the same. Tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you do, some of your background, Nick, and how you've ended up at LMS. Yeah, thanks. I joined LMS seven years ago now. So it's been a while. All before that, I worked in financial services. So started with lenders, um, kind of doing a variety of different jobs. um, And then mortgage broker, insurance broker, um, ran a few of those businesses. And then, yeah, joined the conveyancing sector back in 2016, never to look back. What attracted you to conveyancing and what attracted you to LMS at the time? Yeah, so LMS um, is interesting, gone through quite a lot of uh, change. So they had an investment from LSL and Connells kind of a a number of years before that. Uh, There was an incumbent management team that had been here for for quite a long time. So I kind of, I came in my first six months, I came in as a consultant to have a look at one of the TCS, one of their separate businesses, uh, which was a little bit broken. So I kind of quite like things that are a little bit broken and seeing how you can kind of fix them. So I always had a, the wrong perception about conveyancing working on the lender and broker side in terms of what it was. Yeah. And so getting into it, you kind of go, oh, actually, this is quite interesting now. How can you uh, how can you work in this and how does uh, um, how will this evolve? And the business itself. So the industry was interesting and the business itself needed some change. So those two things together where you go, actually, there's a lot of change needs to happen, both as a business, but also as an industry kind of piqued my interest in terms of something that I want to get involved. With. I like I like fixing things. I like kind of mending things. You said that you joined at a time when there was a uh, an incumbent management structure and management team. Uh, those people still around? Have you brought new people into the organisation? Yeah, so we've gone through a lot of change. So, uh, so the old CEO, the old FD operations director, all moved on. We've got some LMS is now a really nice blend between people that have been here for you know a long time and people that are kind of new to industry or or new to the business. So it's a good mix. It's taken five or six years to kind of get that blend, but culturally we had to go through some changes, and thankfully that's happened and come out. So, so both from a technology platform. Yeah, business operations, kind of front to back, the business has changed significantly over the uh, over those years. And yeah, kind of, the, there's people still with us. There's people that have left, and you know, it's uh, it's been a good journey so far. It's refreshingly honest of you to say some of what you said there, Nick, because I think you know, like you say, when you come into an organisation like that, particularly if things are quite stayed, if they've if they've sort of been done that way for a long time, it's quite difficult to change that culture, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, it, you know, it's a it's a long established business. LMS is a long established business. And especially in this industry, I still feel like a like a newbie in this industry. And I, I'm like, so, so it's kind of seven years in because there are so many people that have been here for so long and have worked in the industry for such a long time. And I still rely on, you know, there's guys in my organization where I still turn to them and they tell me what happened kind of 10 years ago, 15 years ago, because it still resonates now. But at the same time, it's kind of embracing that and those people that want to do things differently with the old knowledge with also some of the kind of new technology, new ideas, new ways of thinking and, and kind of blending those together. But yeah, not easy. And it's taken us years. It's it's not, it's not, it wasn't a quick fix, that's for certain. I said at the start of the discussion that you, you've got this kind of bird's eye view of the market. Uh, I was at the Conveyancing Association in February and you were probably one of the most positive uh, parts of the day actually in the sense that you oh, presented you. some <laughs> not only was your ai discussion fascinating but your you presented some figures that kind of gave a a much more rosy picture of of what your view of what the market was was doing as i say we're recording this in june we're six months into 2023 where's the market at i don't think anybody's really sure are they but you must have some some yeah. inkling i think yeah so i think i presented back in february so i was that start of the year it was very pessimistic you know the the post Liz Truss's mini budget in September you know the interest rates were through the roof demand was kind of reduced but we started seeing the early signs and the front end of the market starting to pick up so yeah the activity started coming through on the home mover side of things um, and that has carried on through so that demand and that requirement for people to move house has carried on all the way through the year and so we've seen demand kind of slowly kind of working through um, and that's not changing so we're not seeing that kind of drop off we're not seeing the front end drop off it's nice and steady and it's kind of working through from one end to the other I suppose there's a few things to consider in terms of where will the year finish and where do we look at into next year obviously base rates and everyone's got a view but they seem to be kind of there's probably another tick up um, within those swap rates are probably still they're actually probably slightly more positive now in terms of where they are in the market but lenders still want to lend so that's a good thing but rates are going to be an impact i suppose the big thing when it comes to rates is affordability so many people are yet to receive the impact of base rate changes you think yeah it feels like a long time ago but september to today is not a long time there's a lot of people still on two-year fix three-year fix five-year fix and longer that are yet to have that so you're going to have an affordability shock at some point but i don't think it's going to massively impact the market i think there's still going to be uh, demand because there isn't enough stock out there in the market people will still want to move house people still getting divorced people still getting married all those that disappeared off into the countryside when they in the race for space have all gone on oh, this is too green for me i've got hay fever it's too hot i'm going back to the city whatever it might be there's still a demand for people to move house so i think that will continue um, and I think the, the the wider economic uh, position is a lot more stable than it's been for a number of years and it might not feel like it when you read the news or when you're in it. But if you think you know, war, global pandemic, even the Boris bounce and Brexit that was only the start of 2020, you know, all those things have happened to us. So I think there's a bit of stability in there. So I suppose my my medium long term view is it's probably going to be fairly steady. I don't see big shocks either way up or down. I think the one thing that might change is around remortgaging where you probably have a few more product transfers or I suppose I would advise people to go and get some good advice from brokers because rates will change. People's positions in terms of affordability will change. So therefore you need to go and work out well, actually what is the best product for me at the time of remortgaging. So I think it's going to be steady away would be my view.
we're certainly starting to see some of that seasonality return to the market. Absolutely. That blip in April, I think the April HMRC figures indicated they'd really fallen, although my sort of take on that was perhaps that that might very well have been trustonomics, you know, that, that sort of working its way it is. through the system. Definitely. It's the, uh, you know, you think the, the registry's kind of data comes towards the back end. So actually what's coming through the pipe you know, the instructions that are happening, stock going onto the market, then offers, et cetera, and then it working through the conveyancing sector. All of that is still in flight and we're still getting lots coming in at the front end. So the, the top of the hop is still filling up and that's still carrying in through. So, you know, weirdly, you know, June, we're getting close to knowing how, you know, from a housing market point of view, how the year is going to end because it's going to take four months for people to move house. So come August, you pretty much know how many transactions are going to happen. Um, between now and the end of the year so we're not far off that and it's been positive so far it's been incredibly positive certainly compared to how I thought in December and we saw those green shoots in that conversation at the Conveyance and Association. So through your systems are you seeing any changes in the time it's taking to move home again there's still that, that still seems to be taking a huge amount of time you're saying four months so yep. you know is, is that what you're seeing? It's getting quicker uh, I would say that is primarily market conditions I suppose I'm slightly I have a slightly different view probably compared to most people in the market about things getting longer or shorter you know a lot of it is market driven uh, and behavioral driven rather than it being specifics that are happening to us I think it's wrong it should be quicker however I don't think there's huge amounts that you can do to influence the time scales um, yeah, I remember when I kind of was moving house you know way back you couldn't go and view a property unless you'd sold your own you know, as an example, it's the reverse now. You can walk in and go into any property and then you put your own on the market and know it's going to go. Well, that's going to add two or three weeks onto it. So I think the comparisons about what's happening now and what's happening then um, are, are difficult to kind of really establish the validity of them. However, the fundamental is it shouldn't really take four months to move house or three months or six months to move house. I always talk internally and with my guys about how do you create certainty? You know, I wouldn't care if I'm moving house in three months, six months, as long as I knew the date and I knew it was going to happen. So it's how do you create the certainty in it rather than necessarily the speed. That's interesting. So what are you doing at LMS that is creating that certainty? Or is, is playing its part in creating that certainty? The major piece of development we've done over the last few years would be DART. So it's our decision in technology. So this is, you know, started, it starts in remortgage, but there are applications that we could use across, uh, you know, across the, the, the housing market. And essentially that allows us to look at a case, a, a borrower, a house, um, and a legal instruction from the, from the lender and make a decision on it as to how complicated that case is. But also with the um with some good old machine learning we can start to decide how long that'll take so you know essentially down to being able to rag code you know you've got a, an erc dates coming up in three months time are you going to hit that date or not yes or no uh, if it's no why not so you can kind of create the certainty straight away um if it's well you might do but you need to do these five things then what are those five things to do it and if it's green yeah everything's good to go you know straight through without touching the side so yeah that on a remortgage side is a lot easier to do than on the on the purchase side um the purchase one's a lot more nuanced because you know if you're in a chain and there's yeah you know, you're waiting for inquiries and search and things like that to come back it's a lot more difficult to to kind of manage that level of certainty uh remortgage is slightly different i think you can i think that's an example of something that you guys have been doing recently i mentioned before we started recording that it feels as though there's quite a lot happening at lms at the moment you've talked about sort of the cultural changes that you've made what have you done technologically that has improved the platform and the way that you guys work 
the the biggest thing we've done is change culturally and that's allowed us to then kind of uh, move on from a tech point of view so we have gone through a digital transformation it's a big word but, you know it's kind of people talk about it a lot however we have from top to bottom so you know old legacy stack moving to, to kind of um, cloud services and a lot more agile working methods has allowed us to move quickly moving quickly tends to you know, reduce down that development cycle and fail or scale very quickly so those th those kind of fundamentals have been really helpful so there's three things that we've tried to do one is how can we make our services easier to consume so apis integrations you know playing with third parties whatever it might be but how can we make it easier so you go back to the we're a necessary evil you know, you know so what to operate in the past I'd, I'd, I'd probably say we're a necessary evil probably a little bit now yeah if you need to access certain lenders you need to come via lms so that's got to be easy i don't want to make that a barrier to actually being able to to do your job you know as a law firm the second bit is then as part of that we are facilitating a transaction or we are involved in facilitating a transaction that started off with moving mortgage office around so we expand that around you know other documents ecot case tracking a few other bits and pieces and more recently we did our confirmly our bank account checking service and also you know kind of advanced ecot and secure link which we just kind of released a further iteration of yesterday so that facilitation of the transaction we've continued to to be heavily involved with and then also then is the last bit is actually rethinking some slightly different ways of doing things you know, that, are, that that may be a bit more established to darts one so that's not really been kind of looked at in the past and the secure link workspace that we released yesterday which is again it's a slightly different way of utilizing the platform that we've got and the adoption that we've got so people have to use our services for the benefit you know and so the law firms came to us with an idea of how can we communicate with each other in a different way how can we have a secure message and service between law firm and law firm so we've created this secure link workspace and developed in that way so it's quite nice to have kind of user-driven products and services now with people coming to us asking for things and us going well actually yeah we'll fire something up and see how it goes if it works great if it doesn't we'll bin it and we'll try something else there's a few buzzwords in there, Nick, and apologies for using that. But what does it actually mean to the end user? What, what does it actually mean to the conveyancer that's there logged into the platform, you know, trying to, to use LMS? So we want to make it as easy as possible. That, that, that is fundamentally, we know we're here and we provide services and we provide audit services for lenders and we provide services for law firms, but we want to make it as easy as possible to use. Ultimately, everybody needs to get this transaction from A to B as quick as we possibly can. Maybe not as quick, but as efficiently as we possibly can to make sure that the, the end borrower is getting their house. So for us is how can we create the most efficient services possible to make that happen? So that's where we're trying to get to. We're not there yet. But we're trying to get there so sitting in case management systems i don't want people logging into our portal i want them accessing things from their case management systems from from systems and user interfaces that they are already using and then they can access our services via them so you know partnerships have been quite key for us but really that's for us creating the efficiencies you know as best we can that's I suppose that's it really for the end user so you're doing your bit but there's a this proliferation of, of stuff of legal technology um, prop tech it's not, not my favorite word i have to say yep. that goes on in and around this space what do you see the future looks like because at the moment there's this real mishmash of technologies that don't seem to be interoperable that just i don't know seem almost seem to confuse the issue interoperability is quite is difficult to achieve for the product provider but also then 
potentially for the actual user at the end. You know, if you've got legacy systems, that's a barrier to adoption. And yeah, you've got different products and services and you might need to log into different things. And you know, for, for, for any firm to consume multiple APIs that are all changing regularly is a very difficult thing to do. So th that's quite a challenge and it is a fragmented market. So I suppose saying that it's really important as well that we have competition, you know, product development and competition drives good product development. So you want multiple parties in a particular product space, whatever that is within our market. So you want multiple providers. The key question is, how can you actually bring those together and ensure that that is uh, something that is as efficient for their user to use as possible? I suppose we have an opportunity, you know, I'm not just saying this from an LMS point of view, but multiple product providers tend to go to market and say, here's our product. We're going to, you know, do you want to buy this? Yeah. To, to, to the user, to the end firm, and then struggle with the actual adoption of that product mm -hmm. for whatever reason. And so we're, I suppose, what we're trained, trying to say, and we're trying to go out to market as much as we can, say, come and talk to us, come and collaborate with us. You know, we've got this platform, plug into us, we'll be agnostic. We'll, we, we've already got connectivity with some of these providers, so plug into us and we'll do the same. And there might be three or four people like us that are doing similar kind of things. And that is probably the adoption, the way to, to market that ensures you've still got competition for product development and enhancement and efficiencies and all those kind of good things, but also allows for a wider adoption that will move the needle on some of this stuff. I find this quite a difficult conversation to have at times because today's conveyancer has always championed the high street. And yet often it's the conveyancer in the street that isn't particularly technologically advanced that doesn't have the ability to invest in that level of infrastructure as you say you know changing apis regularly yeah you know, that requires dev support so how do we how how can we create greater tech adoption and this is a sort of a really difficult question i suppose in a, in a podcast but how can we create greater tech adoption at that lower level where you know they're simply not particularly well served it almost feels as though they need to be able to plug into something that's going to enable them to do their jobs more effectively yeah absolutely and you know so whether that's a case management system or something they use regularly then that's the ideal solution for them i would say and then you will have i would i would expect there will be platforms so they'll be slightly inefficient compared to some others you know some of the some some volume players because they'll have to log in out however there is an ability to actually do that i suppose for the kind of smaller firms that um, are involved in conveyancing there is a potential to look for quick wins, to have a look at technology that provides a quick win. The, you know, actually, you'll buy a thing and it's it's a golden bullet that's going to kind of you know, fix everything. That's just not the case. It's you know, to, to get full adoption and to get proper efficiencies, it's a long-term plan. So you've got to invest. You'll have to have conversations with whoever your current providers are and talk about how you operate and how you can then embed some of their processes and some of our processes and other people product providers into them uh, that's the kind of thing that's the true collaboration that's going to allow you know everybody to play um and having different ways of doing things like say apis are great for you know for certain organizations but actually a ui you know our industry is great for portals. In that instance, a portal is great for the high street firms because they want to be able to, they might not use it very often, so they don't need the interoperability. They need to be able to log on something. So you do have to have a UI. You need to have that ability to do something in that sector, you know, but create the efficiencies in and around that, that in the background, that UI is then talking to somebody else to talk to somebody else to talk to somebody else that does create some efficiencies for those, those high street firms. There's a risk here. We're revisiting something, Nick. Feo, does that ring a bell? <laughs> it, it, it does ring a bell. <laughs> I, 
I know you've got some uh, views on what we can change. You've you've already identified that, you know, look, we're kind of stuck with the process that we've got. There are many efficiencies that we can make. And I really like the thought process around this cultural changes that we've made in the home moving process. You're right. You can just go down the high street, have a look around, go and have a wander around a house without actually having any real understanding or intention of selling your own. What if we were to sort of rip rip up the existing infrastructure or rip up the existing process? What do you kind of see would would need to change or what would you what do you see would need to happen in order to make a much better process? We're going to revisit old things um, again potentially but yeah if I had a magic wand I'd get rid of chains entirely there wouldn't be a, something called a chain in our country yeah if you if you sold your house you had to sell it by a certain date and you got out and whether that means you moved into rented you know you, you didn't have your house wet, ready for you on the other side that that would be an ideal solution. And I suppose the second thing is legislation, which we see in other countries about, you know, time to from exchange to completion or, you know, when you put an offer in it being legally banding and legislation around that. Don't think either of those things are going to happen anytime soon. So, um, so I suppose in the absence of that, continue with the true collaboration to create the efficiencies. I think there's some really good work happening across the industry. Yeah, the number of events we go to, we talk about the same things over and over again in terms of information, data sharing, ID being done numerous times. And we talk about it a lot, but we need to get together as as, as organizations and actually do something with it and say, well, actually here is, here is a solution. The best products and services that we've created have been with third parties, other organizations that just go, there's a problem, should we just get together and try and fix it and try and solve it without necessarily an agenda of a product that we're trying to sell, but actually just some just some solutions that you're trying to bring into it and different data and different thoughts coming in from different people. That's true collaboration. That's worked really, really well for us and got us a long way down the road in terms of a number of areas. And that's what's allowed us to produce some of these products really quickly. And that for me will make will make the huge difference. We don't need to flog products. We need to collaborate to fix problems. Sadly, we don't live in one of those altruistic worlds where we all get, uh, it was in the news the other day, wasn't it? We're all going to get a basic living allowance in the future because AI is going to replace all of our jobs. This is a commercial animal. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. sadly, that that's the reality of this. And the government seem to be going down a path where they're going to let the commercial community solve yep. this problem. Yes, absolutely. It is for us to do that. I don't think it is one organisation that can do it on their own. Our industry is too fragmented and the process is too fragmented. So if you're not going to have legislation, then the only way of doing it is to really get together, you know, a number of organizations get together and go, right, we want to do this differently and we're going to fix some problems. Yeah, there is commercial benefit of doing that. Yeah, if, the, if the end user has a happier journey and it's kind of has a better outcome, yeah, ultimately there's commercial benefits that you can make out of that. For me, that's that's how we get together and do it. I've asked this question of a few people recently, Nick, and interested in, in your thoughts as well. Do you see that the role of the conveyancer will fundamentally change as a result of the drive towards technology, more information coming through, and just that whole process that we've talked about changing? Um, yeah, I, I guess automation and technology you know, is brilliant for those repeated tasks building new cars you know there's automation that does elements of it and then people do other elements of it you know people need to be involved where you need a brain you know, now we can have a chat about ai but that's probably an entire different 
podcast but you know where you need a brain you need people and i think to be able to remove those repeatable tasks that can be done by technology that's what tech should do you know it should deliver things easy efficiently first time correctly to a user that can then interpret that information and provide the advice that's needed that's the bit that conveyances should be doing they should be providing advice and giving you know the borrower that invariably doesn't know a lot about what they're buying necessarily yeah. you know and needs advice they need the right advice technology should allow you know, individuals to be able to provide that advice by doing the automated repeatable tasks the ideal is that's that's where you'd end up with people doing people stuff and using their brain and the technology doing yeah all the grunt work and i'm not convinced that's what we're seeing just yet i, I still see a lot of conveyances who perhaps on linkedin or on social media share that they spend most of their day communicating you know they spend most of their day on emails or on the phone whilst i appreciate the sentiment that that's not necessarily conveyancing or traditional conveyancing that does feel like the the new bit of the job the bit of the job that's so important yeah uh, it is and i suppose the question is whether technology will take that away personally i think it you know it will the technology will take away some of those things that that ultimately are inefficiencies in a process you know that they are they're not they're not needed a, a human being isn't needed to do those things and they will go eventually when is it all about adoption of certain things but they i personally believe that they will go i do think a conveyance will be needed for like i say those the analysis of that data unless ai replaces it all and we get a living allowance that you know kind of means we can sit down and do whatever we want to <laughs> think we run the risk of going over old ground if we continue to have that whole conversation about tech people process all the rest of it you know broadly people seem to understand what the challenge is the difficulty seems to be just getting people all pointed in the same direction um, and as you say Nick, you know that that feels like it's feels like we're getting there but it's going to take a little while yet and probably not something that uh, we're ever going to resolve through the Today's Conveyance of podcast, but hey, we can give it a go, can't we? <laughs> we absolutely can. It, it's been great to have you on the podcast. Really appreciate your time. Uh, thanks very much indeed for joining. Cheers, David. Thanks a lot. And uh, I know as a, just as a final point, you you are very keen on this whole collaboration point, aren't you? So, um, and, and a bit of a shout out to sort of say that um, people can contact you directly for information about how they can work with LMS. Yeah, absolutely. We, you know, we are running workshops all the time with with users, with different third parties, different product providers. Yeah, identifying pain points in the process. You know, I kind of I'll I'll smile as I say a necessary evil because um, you know it. You know, we are needed. We are needed to in the process at the moment. So whilst we're there, we want to do. You know, the best possible job we can do to make other people's lives easier so anybody from law firm product provider case management systems whoever it might be we want to collaborate to to make the ecosystem a better place the today's conveyancer podcast is available on your preferred podcast provider it's also available on todaysconveyancer.co.uk my thanks to nick thank you for listening and we'll see you again soon you're listening to the Today's Conveyancer podcast, the leading source of information for residential property lawyers in England and Wales. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todaysconveyancer.co.uk. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter.